You are now listening to the Bully Pulpit Podcast, bringing you the hot sauce since 2018, Neil Funk. Now, here's your hosts. And now, the starting lineup for the Bully Pulpit Podcast. Fresh off a broken neck, he is listed as probable for work next week, Ryan Graham. At guard, six foot nine inches. He's about to have a child, and regardless of its gender, he's going to name it Jim Boylan, Gary Calzone. God, I hope my fucking son and or daughter um, can make $1.6 million next year. That'd be fucking dope. Yeah, that's our uh, that's our big story of the week with the, uh, with the Bulls, is Jim Boylan got paid. Got paid. He took the bag. What do you uh, what do you think about that? Um, to be honest, like doesn't really it's matter. Not that big of a fucking deal. Um, so what the deal is is he he is under contract at about eight hundred and fifty thousand, give or take, um, some change this year and next year as associate head coach. He got promoted to head coach, whether you like it or not. Um, that's what's going on. So. He is the head coach, and most head coaches make between four to six million dollars a year. So if he's going to be head coach, like I, I mean, it's kind of expected that he's going to get some more money than he was making as like an associate head coach at eight hundred and you know fifty million dollars a year or fifty thousand dollars a year. So next year he is at one point six million dollars with one million dollars guaranteed. So if they do. Cut him. It's basically just like giving him two hundred and you know two hundred more thousand dollars next year, not even. So I think that was the concern of most people is that they they thought that this move indicated that he was going to be the head coach next year. No, I, I don't that's think that's necessarily that, that that's what's going on. But yeah, I don't know. So, so what what are your thoughts? I mean, do you like the move? Do you hate the move? I, I feel like a lot of people on Twitter. Um, especially have some strong opinions of this, but realistically, I, I think it's kind of a non-factor. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, like, even if they go out and pay a head coach, like, why not wait? I mean, just financially, why not wait until you actually have a team that can go forward and actually compete for, you know, playoff contention before you worry about going out and getting that, like, big-name head coach? Right, and if, if he's going to be Mr. Fundamental um, and, and go out and say, you know, you need to go get low on defense, you need to get back on defense, you need to learn how to crawl before you can walk, if he's going to do that, I mean, it's not the worst thing for people to learn, too, over the yeah. course of their, like, and not their rookie year, but, I mean, for some of them, yeah, but I mean, kind of as their beginnings, um, you see the Golden State Warriors, I mean, we're kind of a team that we're just kind of, they were under 500. They had Steph Curry and a very young Clay Thompson uh, going at it, and they had Mark Jackson as their head coach. Who a lot of Bulls fans are saying that we should hire as our head coach, ironically. But they say like I think even like Steve Kerr said it like he he's the one who like taught him how to play defense and and do all these things. So you know that I don't expect Jim Boylan to be a championship head coach or even a competing head coach. But once that's you know once that's all said and done, once they have what some people would say is an actual head coach, then you know have at it. I, I don't think it's gonna hurt too much. I, I think giving the ball to Robin Lopez 
a hundred times the paint to do a hook shot. I think that's a bad game plan. It does kind of hurt the starter. So I, I see both arguments, but yeah, I, I think it's kind of a non-factor to be honest. So, so far, uh, the Bulls have not won a game this year in 2019. <laughs> I was going to say, what the fuck are you talking about? They are 0-6. Whole 10, double digits, baby. On Wednesday, the Bulls played at Portland. They lost 124-112. to uh, That was a good game by Wendell. He had 20, 22 points on 7-9 shooting with uh, 6 rebounds. Levine had 18 on 19 shots, which is not very efficient. Uh, Chris Dunn had 15. Lowry had 10. Um, Bobby had 15 off the bench. We had a Blankeny sighting in that game. He scored 12 points. Um, I, I don't know. Did you have any takeaways from this game? It wasn't really... Uh... No, Yusuf Nurkic is kind of a beast, and I mean... He, he was kind of bullying some of the guys down low, but C.J. McCollum had a good game. They had a really good game from some of their bench guys, Zach Collins and Steph, or uh, not Steph Curry, but Steve, no. Seth uh, Curry. Seth Curry. Steve Curry. <laughs> uh, Steve, uh, Jesus. Um, Seth Curry had 17 points, 7-11 from the field, 3-5 of five from the three-point line, and then Zach Collins came out 6-9. Did you six see Zach nine. Collins after the game mm-hmm. when he fouled out? And he was, like, furious on the sidelines. No. And C.J. McCollum was next to him doing, like, a namaste, like, just breathe, <laughs> man. Like, I saw the uh, the Portland feed of that game, and they are like, yeah, Zach Collins really, uh, he doesn't really give himself a break. He's really hard on himself. So that was pretty funny. I, it's just one of those games where... Yeah, Myers, same- Leonard, Stalskis each had eight. A um, bunch of rebounding from their bench guys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we just kind of got crushed. It's just the same game, different night, pretty right. much. They kind of hang around for a little bit, and then the fourth quarter they lose. Um, let's see. Sports. We actually won the offensive rebounding battle in that game for once. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, we just, I mean, we went 9 of 22. Um, from the three-point line, 11 for 26 from the other team. So, I mean, not terrible there, but... Yeah, still not what you want to see. Like, the field goal percentage for Portland was fifty-seven percent from the field. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So then on uh, on Friday, a game that I missed um, for a comedy show, we uh, the Bulls played against Golden State. They got blown out. It was how did the comedy show go? It was all I right. Care more have, about how that went. <laughs> we didn't we didn't have many people there, but it went okay. Um, and then I, afterwards, I had drank a bunch of beers, and then I went outside, and I got a notification on my phone that the Bulls lost 146 to 109, and I was like, yeah, that's about right. That's that seems to be uh, uh, what the result would be. Clay Thompson had 30. S- Steph Curry, not Steve Curry, had 28. Kevin Durant had 22. The Bulls are just completely outclassed by this team. There's no, there's no scenario that I could even imagine where they would beat Golden State. Give them 10 tries, I, I think they go 0-10. Yeah, you know it's going to be bad when the Bulls are playing the Warriors. I mean, you can put the last game aside. Um, but going into this, I, I just kind of had a bad feeling. Right now, I mean, you're you're at the bottom of the barrel with the Bulls and then the top of the food chain over the last several, several years with the Warriors. You can say 
And, and I, I hear a lot of people basically say, like, oh, yeah, the Warriors, Kevin Durant and the Warriors, Kevin Durant and the Warriors, um, Kevin Durant's one of the best players in the league. I absolutely agree with that. But when you have Clay Thompson and uh, Stephen Curry, I mean, that that's a fucking cheat code. Yeah, it's two generational talents in terms of shooting the basketball, and that's a really, really good way to build a team in 2019. Yeah, it's insane. Two of the best shooters. Kevin of Durant all time. can walk, and they will still be the top of the food chain. Uh, I believe in the West. I mean, they're going to attract other talents, um, good bench guys. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. So when Clay Thompson can come out and basically score. Uh, shoot or make three threes in the first 70, what, two seconds? That's insane. And then Stephen Curry went and did almost the same thing uh, to the, to start the, the second half. So, like I said, Kevin Durant, he'll beat you over the course of four quarters. Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson individually can decide a game within five minutes. Right. Um... And then tonight, the Bulls lost 110-102 to to the Utah Jazz. Again, same story, different game. They hang close. There's about five minutes or whatever it was, seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Utah goes on a 9-0 run, and that's just the end of the game, pretty much. They, they settle for outside shots. Um, they were outscored by nine in the fourth quarter, the Bulls were. And uh, nobody really had a good game. Zach Levine was 7-for-21. Laurie was 7 for 17. Chris Dunn was 4 for 11 and fouled out. Um, Jabari off the bench in 18 minutes had, had 11. Wayne Selden off the bench had 11. Wayne Selden fan club over here. Yeah, he was just That's the god of the second quarter. Him but, and his uh, smoky eyes, sexy eyes. Love it. Uh, to me, Wayne Selden... If Is if like God. no, if like Shaq Harrison and Ryan Archidiakono are like uh, I don't know if you're playing NBA 2K and they're like a 70 overall, I think Wayne Seldon's probably a 70 overall. I don't think you're really gaining or losing much by putting him out there, given the uh, the current state of the Bulls roster. So right, yeah, it was just a tough game overall. Chris Dunn fouled out in the last. Probably two minutes there. Wendell Carter Jr. Foul. picked up a yeah. Uh, true. Or, what was that aggressive fucking whatever? It was some some weird Host, ass hostile aggression or something hostile like that. Acts. Yeah. Just just something that was just totally uncalled for. Wendell Carter Jr. He kind of like tapped uh, what's his dick in the thigh or something like that. And then Joe Ingles, yeah, Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles like grabbed his arm. Joe Ingles and he just, grabbed like, his arm and away. Then he pulled it away. Didn't even hit anybody with his arm, and they call that a hostile act. Wendell Carter Jr., two dumbass technicals, um, dumbass on the refs technicals um, in the last two games, and he uh, that that is the total like fucking cherry on top for what's been going on with Wendell Carter Jr. lately. Yeah, now he's getting like bullshit technical fouls. I swear to God, there's a conspiracy. It's against, weird. It, it's so like I don't even understand because he doesn't show up the refs. Right. Like if if there's a bad call, he just kind of stares. Like okay, whatever. He stares like, in his space with sad eyes. Yeah, that's all he does. He doesn't like yell at the refs or anything. So I don't right. understand why he's getting fucking all these bullshit calls against him. We had a Jabari Parker signing sighting. Yeah, he did okay off the bench. It was probably more of a tryout for the for the Utah Jazz. 
He could just go there and be their Carlos Boozer for the next, like, five years. (laughs) We'll trade him for, I don't know, who do they have that you want? I mean, nobody that I want. I mean, they have, like, Derek Favors that they'll probably try to trade for him. But he's got a contract that extends, I I believe, over a couple years. Um, Yeah, nothing really. But I heard the Utah Jazz do have interest in Jabari Parker. So watch out for that. Do you want Grayson Allen? (laughs) I mean, I'll take him, I guess. I don't think I, I think Utah. Grayson Allen is having a terrible season. I mean, shooting percentage wise, three he, he's point playing like wise. eight minutes a game, like in like half their game. So he's not he's not doing very well. Um, he's been in the G League. I think he's done pretty good there. Kyle Korver had sixteen. Donovan Mitchell had and 34. a fucking monster block. Yeah, you see that? Joe Ingles, who's one of my favorite players, had sixteen. Rudy Gobert had 15 points, 16 rebounds, 8 assists, and 2 blocks. How do we do on blocks? I know Lowry, Lowry, had, Lowry two. had 2, Chris Dunn had 2. Wendell had 1, Zach had 1. There's a couple good Robin blocks. Robin Lopez had 1. Lowry had that great block that just went directly to Kyle Korver, who shot a 3 and made it. So, that was fun. Yeah, uh, but Bulls, we still lost yeah. the block battle, 7-11. to 11. Yeah, the Bulls are uh, they're one, two, three, four, zero oh, and six in 2019. They have next week is the Lakers on Tuesday, Denver on Thursday, Saturday is Miami. Denver just lost to Phoenix without Devin Booker. That is bizarre. And Denver's at the top of the Western Conference yeah. record wise. Well, that's good for the tank because Phoenix is down yeah. there. Um. But yeah, they play the Lakers, which probably won't have LeBron. It's going to be another late night. That game starts at 9.30. Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. LeBron, um, that's on Monday? That's on Tuesday. Tuesday? That's a late Tuesday. Um, I will not be able to catch that game because I go back to work on Wednesday. Hell yeah. Yeah, so that's the Bulls um, week. Who Who else do we play that week? You said the, the Lakers, the Lakers, the Denver, and Miami. Miami, I guess, is a, a winnable game. The the following I would Monday, say the Lakers is a winnable game. Well, that's true. And and the, the following Monday they play Cleveland, which uh, that's at wait that's at twelve o'clock p.m. on a what day? On a Monday? Is that a holiday? That's Martin Luther King oh, Jr. Day. Okay. They usually have games, you know, throughout the. Still, they have to work, but I'll probably just put the game just on my phone. And, here. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that'll be interesting. I mean, that's one of those games where it's like, if you if you beat Miami, great. If you beat Cleveland, it's like, what the hell are you doing? Just, yeah. just so, I don't know. So, battle of the, the Lakers core versus the Bulls core, who, who do you think wins that? So, it, pretty much it's just like the young guys and like the so take LeBron dumbasses the that they signed, like Rondo and uh, I still McGee. I still think the Lakers are better. I mean, uh, core-wise, moving forward, uh, the Bulls definitely have a better core. You you think the right, veteran presence? I think the veteran presence right now with the with, with the Lakers is probably still going to edge out the Bulls. It's at the Lakers. I don't know. It's a I late would, game. I so just, I don't know. I, I saw something for you. So you got the Lakers' young core that they kind of split up. So they traded, like, D'Angelo Russell, um, and they didn't re-sign... Wet bag of sand. Um, who's wet bag of sand? 
Um, Julius Randle. Yeah, Julius Randle. That's what Stacy King called him when the Bulls played the Pelicans. <laughs> He's out there like a wet bag of sand. So, a, so the Lakers have... Stacy King's let, a genius. Let's just say they stayed together. Maybe LeBron didn't happen. Um, and they didn't trade D'Angelo Russell. So you got D'Angelo Russell, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, and what's his, uh, Julius Randle. And then the Timberwolves... Who most of these guys are on the Bulls. Timberwolves, you know, probably would have drafted Larry Markkinen. So um, Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, and Larry Markkinen. I mean Timberwolves, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Interesting matchup, but I think Timberwolves ten times out of ten. Yeah. So, do we want to talk about the draft? Because at this point in the Bulls season, that's all I'm really thinking about is who the Bulls are going to end up with. Oh, man, we are worrying about the tank now. I if, dreaded if, this day, but we're doing it. Yeah, if you go on tankathon.com, the Bulls are currently in the number two spot. We moved up bang, one. Bang, bang. Um, who does so it have us taking? Cleveland is taking Zion. and 35. Um... Oh, so, Cleveland's got a two-game lead on us. Yeah, they—they—they're not even. No, they have more than a two-game lead because they're eight and thirty-five. We're ten and thirty-three. Um, it has us taking R.J. Barrett. Okay, I like uh, it. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Yeah, that is a two-game lead. I don't know what I'm talking about, but. Um, so what do you, what do you think of that pickup? So R.J. Barrett. Well, I, I had you watching some Duke highlights earlier. What, what do you think of R.J. Barrett fit on the Bulls? Just briefly. Um, I think whether they end up with Barrett or uh, the other dude, um, Cam Reddish. Reddish? I think both are pretty pretty solid um, wing players. I think Zion. I mean, if you, know, you get into that top four, top five, you have a decent percent chance of getting the first overall pick maybe end up second third or fourth but i think in that range you're going to end up with someone good um yeah a lot of people are saying not much outside of zion but i i think that's untrue yeah i mean zion can't really shoot yeah rj barrett just looks like an all-around stud cam reddish i i know he's had his i mean he's had some major struggles this year but he just uh, he hit a game winner today that I think is just going to give him confidence through the roof for the rest of the season, and he is going to turn his season around. Um, so yeah, a, another top five guy that um, has been being talked about a lot is Ja Morant. Ja, Murray. do you like that name? <laughs> That's not his real name. What's his name like? Latavius or Tentavius? Listerine or? or something? I don't know. <laughs> Listerine. Um, but. So we're, we're going to do this every week. We're going to pick a player. We're going to watch some film. We're going to read up on him, basically, and try to give you guys a scouting report. Demetrius. Demetrius. Um, so John Morant is a point guard from Murray State. Right now he's projected to go number three to the Knicks. I've seen him going to the Suns, obviously, because the Suns uh, Need don't, a point they guard. don't have a point guard. So they I are even, looking to trade for Dennis Smith Jr., though. So, uh, John Morant is a 6'3 point guard out of Murray State. He's 170 pounds, so he's very small. He's a thin boy. 
Um, this season, he's averaging in 35 and a half minutes, he's averaging 23.5 points. He's shooting 54% from the field. He's shooting 32% from three on 4.5 attempts. He is averaging 10.5 assists, 6.5 rebounds, 1.8 steals, and 0.6 blocks, which doesn't sound like a lot, but for a point guard, and, and we saw the highlights, he does get a lot of like chase down blocks and a lot of like where the fuck did that guy come from blocks. He has a crazy vertical. So we'll talk about his strengths and weaknesses. Um, he's essentially just an all-around type of point guard. He gets assists. He gets rebounds. He gets steals. Yeah, he does, lightning fucking fast, He's too. very, very fast, athletic, crazy vertical, um, pretty good at finishing at the rim. He's pretty creative with it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like he'll be up in the air and a defender will be coming and he, he he's really good at adjusting um, to the finish too. So, um, apparently you wrote eats his veggies. I'm not really sure what that means, <laughs> but uh, in terms of weaknesses, uh, again he is small. I mean for a for an NBA player, 170 pounds. I mean that that's like that was like me yeah. in college. He um, does. He does have decent length, though. Mm-hmm. So if he puts on, you know, some pounds, I don't. He's got I don't a good ex- frame for I sure. I don't expect him to become Eric Bledsoe with his fucking gains, but yeah. Um, uh, another weakness I put down for the Bulls: Do they really need a point guard if they're in that position? I mean, yeah, they need a backup for sure, but do they need? I don't know. I, I don't know if if. If you're it's, gonna draft it's whether or not you think Chris Dunn is the answer, and I, I think we see you Chris Dunn still. Yeah, Chris Dunn still has a lot to. I, I still think he has a lot of areas that he can grow into, but you know, in his third season, I, I think from when he was drafted, his ceiling has kind of lowered a little bit. I don't think that. I don't think that Bulls are in desperate need to replace him right now. But say, so, right now they have Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, Laurie Markkinen, Wendell Carter Jr. A lot of young guys on, like, I mean, Zach Levine, no, but a lot of young guys on, like, rookie scale contracts. Chris Dunn is going to be the first to be due to get paid. And it's like, what do you pay this guy? If, if somebody comes around and offers him $18 million a year, the Bulls going to match it? And then you have to do the same where, I mean, hopefully... Uh, Laurie Markin is at a point where you want to pay him 20-some million dollars a year. And then again, hopefully, you want to do that with Wendell Carter Jr. So here's my thing, is if you don't want to pay Chris Dunn a ton of money, if you haven't seen enough from him yet, after this season, are we going to be at a point where we're like, no, let's punt on that and get a new young point guard with a very high ceiling? Maybe. So, I mean, then he'll be on a very, you know, low contract. I mean, the, the rookie contracts are going up. So he could, you know, if he goes number two, three, whatever, we could end up be like paying him like $7 million in his rookie year. And by the end of his rookie contract, he could be making almost $10 million a year. So who knows? Yeah, I like Chris Dunn a lot. I think that, you know, he has the potential to... to yeah, I don't see a, I don't see John Morant becoming the defender that Chris Dunn is. Right. The only issue I have with Chris Dunn is right now, 
In 2017, so last year, he averaged 13.4 points a game. This year, he's averaging 13.4 points a game. He's I, doing I really, the same thing, but he's been more efficient. It, right, and he, he shot a better percentage. He's, he has more rebounds, more assists per game. But I got that number has to get closer to 15 before I feel comfortable being like, all right, we're set at point guard. We, you know, because I just I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that could give you a better output than 13 points a game. So John Morant right now is basically playing, basically putting up ridiculous numbers. Like we said, he's putting up 10.5 assists to complement his 23.5 points per game. That is nuts. He's had 38-point games, 34-point games. He had an 18-assisted game in there. But but he's playing in the Ohio Valley Conference uh, for Murray State. So, I mean, what do you think about his competition there? So that was one of the weaknesses we had was, uh, you know, it's poor competition. Um, you kind of take a look at some of the current NBA players that came out of the Ohio Valley Conference. This will kind of give you an idea of the caliber of players um, you that are coming out of there. That no, are coming out of yeah. that conference. That's not to reflect what John Moran could be. But. Right. So you have guys like Campaign, um, Isaiah Cannon. Who both are point guards from Murray State. Um, you have Ian Clark, Robert Covington, Kenneth Fareed, Alfonso McKinney, and Antonius Cleveland, who I believe was a bull at, at one point. Is he still a bull? Um, um, I, I think they signed him uh, briefly for their like summer league. Um, Alfonso McKinney was another guy that was on the Windy City Bulls too. So, but who's now playing for the Warriors and actually putting up some okay, you know, minutes for them? It's so. it's not the Big East, which I don't think exists anymore. I don't really know. Uh, it's not the SEC. It's not you know you're not playing against Kentucky. You're not playing against Louisville. You're playing. It's not the Big Ten even. Like you're playing against inferior competition. And uh, I don't know. I, I like for our NBA comparisons. I have most likely uh, he'll end up like a guy like uh, Reggie Jackson, who's uh, similar in size. He's he's also six three. He's two oh eight. Obviously, he's put on some weight, um, which I think John Morant can do. Um, best case scenario, you have uh, eat a as, fucking cheeseburger, dude. You have, best case scenario, you have him being Westbrook, which I disagree with. Um, a lot of people are saying that just because the the numbers he's putting up, he's you know he's one of those guys that's putting up you know high scoring, high assist, and like a good rebounding number for. Um, it, it, and Westbrook didn't even do that in college too. So, and then uh, worst case scenario is kind of a cop out because they're both point guards from Murray State, but I have my worst case scenario as campaign. That's so fucking cheap. They're not the same player. They both have ugly shots, but uh, John Morant is a much better athlete. He's a much better rebounder, assist guy. I mean, he can do a lot Did more. Did you see than, him jump over that dude the yeah, other day? Yeah, he, he jumped over a guy. I don't think he's going to end up like campaign, or I don't think he plays a lot like campaign. But I think worst case scenario, he ends up like campaign, where career number wise, where he just kind of gets into the NBA. They have high expectations for him. He doesn't really fit, and it just kind of you know five six years later, he's out of the league because no team wants to sign him. I think that would be uh, the worst case scenario. But that's kind of the worst case scenario for every like top ten pick is. 
you get a chance for about five, six years, and then you're just done. Um, so yeah. So I, do you like this pick? If the Bulls were to, you know, say. Well, it depends where they're picking them. I mean, it depends who they're picking them over. I mean, if if Cam so Reddish. So say or, we're at third or fourth, and you know it's between him and Cam Reddish. I mean, I I probably lean towards Reddish with that, but you know that that could be a place too where say the Bulls are confident in Chris Dunn, then you're at third and somebody really wants John Morant. You could be at a point because I mean point guards in this draft are going to be very few and far between as far as good talent. So if you're the Orlando Magic or the Phoenix Suns, depending on if they make a trade or not, and you really want a point guard. You really want a young, talented point guard? You could trade up, and we—I mean, we could trade back and get, right. get uh, that's, you know a first-round pick next year for that. Too. That's that's my honest opinion. Is I don't think the Bulls are going to draft him. I think either the Suns or somebody who's in need of a point guard is going to go up and get this guy. Um, and I just don't think he's going to be on the Bulls. But if it comes down to it, and the Bulls are picking like sixth, and you know, everyone that you wanted was is already off the board, and he's sitting there. I don't know. Maybe you draft him. Maybe you try to uh, draft and trade him. Maybe you just hold on to him and see what he can be. Um, but I, I really don't think this is going to be where the Bulls end up. But I don't know. We'll see. Right. So, what do you got for us? You going on Reddit right now? Yeah. So now we're just going to talk about some of the uh, the big stories this week in the NBA. Um, did you hear what happened with uh, Golden State and uh, Cleveland with the uh, Patrick McCall oh, situation? Yeah. It's the weirdest shit. So Cleveland, so Patrick McCall was sitting there just not re-signing with the Warriors. The Warriors could technically, you so know. So any team could offer him a contract. The Warriors had an opportunity to match that contract. Mm-hmm. If they didn't, then the player would go to whatever team offered him that contract. Right. Cleveland offered him something. It wasn't ridiculous. I want to say it was like a couple years, like $8 million or something like that. Okay. And then like a few days before or like a day before that contract would be 100%. Uh, what? Oh, C. Red Fred's up there? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, that's C. Red Fred? That, On TV, yeah. The white dude with the beard? Yeah. No way, man. I didn't know what he looked like. So anyway, um, so essentially, before that contract would be cemented, uh, they released him. Okay. So they didn't owe him that contract. Basically, right before the deadline where that contract would be set in stone, they released him. So the NBA is doing an investigation because they're like... And then he signed with like the Raptors, right? Right, yeah. And they're like, is was Cleveland just fucking with Golden State because they beat them in the championship by well, signing away one of what, their players and then releasing them? For whatever them? reason, Patrick McCaw did not want to be on the Warriors. He just did not want to be there. So, so it's better for him, but at the same time, it's really kind of shady. So right now, the NBA is threatening a first-round pick of, of theirs, right? Like next year's first yeah. round pick, yeah, because that could cost him Zion Williamson, which would be hilarious if that happened. Okay, so so what does that mean? Where, where does that pick go? It goes off into the void, and there's 29 first round picks. 
Oh, okay. I was going to say, if that goes to the Warriors, I give up, and I'm not watching NBA basketball anymore. Ever. If they get Zion, like, fuck everything. No, that's not going to happen. And I, I don't really think the whole thing's going to happen at all, either. So, I, I think what's going to happen is they're going to hit, get hit with, like, a $500,000 fine or some shit from the organization, and that's going to be that. Yeah. So... Again, I, 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 I think so. it's I mean, a lot of insane. I think it's a lot of smoke. I don't think they're gonna lose their first round pick. So, I mean, maybe they'll threaten them, or you know, maybe they'll pull a second round pick, or maybe they should just. Uh, well, I mean, you're talking about Patrick McCaw. You're not talking about like a generational talent. God, if Patrick McCaw just Cleveland five, <laughs> Zion Williams, yeah, just be like, hey, you don't get a mid level exception this year or something like that. Like, do do you know? Some, something like the next time you try to, or the next year you're eligible for a mid-level exception, you don't get that yeah. exception. Like, like do that. something like that. Um, so, did you see the uh, Nerlens Noel fucking scary-ass injury? Ow. Yeah. Just bonked his head off the ground and everyone thought he was, like, paralyzed. Um, I even showed my wife that, who, like, verbally hates bas- basketball for whatever reason. <laughs> um, and she watched it, like... Five times over, and was just like, oh. So yeah, he got whacked. He was diagnosed with a concussion. Uh, there were no fractures, so it's a good, yeah, glad, good, glad good ending okay. to the story. Um, it's kind of it's kind of scary seeing Westbrook like be like, help, 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 like screaming at, over at the uh, athletic trainers. Speaking of Russell Westbrook, another uh, top story on Reddit is that he is currently shooting three pointers. At exactly the same rate that Greg Popovich wins NBA championships. Did you hear about that? <laughs> Ow. Like literally 23.809523809 is, is what he's shooting for. Is for the amount season. of seasons that Popovich has won a championship compared to how many seasons yeah. he's coached? Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> First comment is how the hell did you find this? Wait, I have he's, no he's idea, won one championship every four years. He's coach, almost. Uh, Popovich has twenty one seasons and he has won five championships. Yeah, so uh, every about it. every four. And uh, the the larger point there is that Westbrook is really struggling from three, which he kind of always has, but this year is kind of worse. Yeah. He he really starts chucking once his team gets down, and uh, it's he's very ineffective. His shot is completely broken. He jumps way too high, and so half the time he's coming down when he's releasing the ball. Half the time it's like a power shot where he's right into his rhythm and he's chucking it up. I mean, it's I, I feel like Westbrook is a much better shooter. Like in the, in a big moment, Westbrook has been a very good clutch shooter in the league. So, now that he has Paul George, and Paul George is having a much better season than he was last year, now that Paul George is just absolutely fucking killing it for them, I I don't think he's ever really, he hasn't really been in the moment much. So, he's just been kind of taking some baseless threes. Well, it's the same problem he had with uh, Durant, where everyone's like, why the hell are you shooting so much when you have Kevin Durant, who's an efficient scorer? Yeah. Like, you're... You're fucking your team by doing this shit, and he just keeps doing it because he has this fucking like ego, where he's got to be the guy to take the shot. And uh, I don't know. I I wouldn't want anything to do with Russell Westbrook. Uh, Thunder have been really good this season, though. Yeah, I just I don't know. You can have him. 
Um, so here's a here's one from the Chicago Bulls subreddit. Uh, it says, "Remember those de- defensive improvements that Boylan was creating? Bulls D is now ranked 24th at 11 111.5 points per game since Boylan took over. They were 23rd under Hoiberg. Offense has also gotten worse." Uh, and he's had way better personnel to work with, which is true because he's gotten mm-hmm. the, the the players back off of injuries. Um, just kind of goes to to our discussion about Boylan and his new contract. Like, I, I don't know. I I don't really think he's a great NBA coach. Then again, it's a small sample size. But so I I've done some digging and kind of found a stat of the week. So since Larry Markkinen has been back, the Bulls have won five games. Um, in those. In those five games, he's taken sixteen uh, over sixteen and a half shots, and over seven or about seven and a half threes per game. He's averaging 20, 24 points there. In losses, he's averaging less shots, so about fourteen shots a game, and uh, scoring about fourteen points per game. So, in those, Larry Markkinen's usage is about thirty percent compared to twenty four percent. So take that as you will, but I, I think Laurie Markkinen just needs to be a bigger focal point of the offense if you want to be successful. It's going to take some heat off of Zach Levine. It's going to make him more efficient from the three-point line. Um, it's going to give him a better driving lane, too, because you're really going to have to worry about Laurie Markkinen. After he torches you for you know a couple shots in a row, that's really going to open it up for Zach Levine, who is the primary scorer of the team. So... I, I, I agree I think with Laurie, that. I think Laurie Markkinen needs to be... And I, you saw it tonight, but he was a little inefficient tonight. But Laurie Markkinen needs to be more aggressive, and Jim Boylan's game plan needs to go through Laurie Markkinen. Because Zach Levine can get a shit going at pretty much any point in the game. But Laurie Markkinen, I, I think, needs to be included from the start. To oh, get yeah, going. I want to see more pick and rolls with Laurie and, uh, and Zach. Like, why not just yeah. get... Get either pick and roll or pick and pop. I mean, just get him more involved in the motion. Um, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, this, when he finds like a dunk and a couple three-pointers point, in a row, that dude really gets going. So I'd really like to see that going forward. That, this kind of goes back to my hating on Laurie that you like to uh, talk about, where I just don't really see him as a primary option. I think he's a very good player. I think he's an efficient player. He's not a player that's going to ruin your offense right. by any stretch I of the I think he needs to get going right off the bat, though. And he needs some reps with some of the bench guys. Yeah. Where he's leading the bench unit, too. And maybe get him more in the mid-range. Like, yeah. Just because I feel like every time he touches the ball, it's on the perimeter. And then he has to either pump fake and drive or shoot the ball, and it's not—I don't know—get him more in like towards the center of the uh, like key, and just let him kind of freelance down there. Let him do like some Jabari Parker shit. I trust him to do that way more than I trust Jabari to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I say like I said, I say get him, get him going like at the beginning of the game is what your game plan should be. And don't quit on him if he goes 0 for 1 and then you're like, oh, fuck, Zach, take over. I think that's just a bad way to do it. We've been yeah. getting killed in the first quarter a lot lately. Yeah. And um, 
So another one of the stories, big stories on uh, the Chicago Bulls subreddit, uh, Derek Rose got in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> oh, I yeah. saw that he told uh, everyone who like d- doesn't believe in him to go kill themselves or something Yeah, like so that. Tom Thibodeau got fired. We talked about this last week. People are, interviewer or, you know, reporters were asking him, do you think you can have the kind of success you've been having this season with Thibodeau out? With Thibodeau out as coach, do you think your success lies solely on Thibodeau giving you that chance? And he basically goes, you know, if you don't think I can have that, like, I, if you don't think I keep going, kill yourself. So <laughs> Then he got in a little bit of trouble for that. <laughs> and then people are like, oh, yeah, it's just Chicago slang. No, that, that's, I, I think that's a little more than Chicago. Like, I think, I think a lot more people just get that kind of language. <laughs> I think... It's like a, it's like internet language. Yeah. It's just a, he's like a 4chan troll. He's it's like, like, like KYS. Two, two, 2013, the internet language. <laughs> that was pretty funny. But um, yeah, that, that's apparently so that, a no-no now. The other uh, big news of the week is that uh, Houston traded Michael Carter-Williams and Cash to Chicago for what? I have no idea. Who do, what do they trade for? For a conditional second-round pick, top 55 protected. So, so they're never going to see that pick. Right. <laughs> Essentially. So, yeah, that pick, I mean, I think they have to give up something technically in a, you know, in a trade. It's not, you can't just give players to a team. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what that was. And, yeah, no, basically they just cashed in on some cash money. That's it. Dollar dollar bill, he's all. And then paid Boylan. Essentially, they just pretty got, much they used paid Boylan or Williams paid to pay their uh, coach. Marshawn Brooks, whatever the fuck they owed him for his couple days of being on the team, whatever. Yeah. So uh, and then uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers signed Campaign on a ten day contract, and he's been ripping it up from what I've seen. Uh, I don't care. Good luck with that. <laughs> they needed a tank commander, so he's uh, he's there. Ten day contract though. We'll we'll see. I'm sure they're gonna keep him for the rest of the year, but we'll see what happens with campaign. So I think uh, lastly we're gonna do the uh, the NBA awards. Yeah, let's do that. But what if they don't pick him up and like Cleveland or uh, Golden State says fuck you Cleveland and signs him for the rest of the year and campaign wins a fucking championship ring? I'm gonna be so pissed off. I don't think I don't think Golden State would sign him. No, but like, what if? What if he just like was their fourteenth man and got a ring, scored two points a game and got two assists, and he becomes the new Patrick McCaw. <laughs> Gross. So uh, mid-season NBA awards. Yeah, so, we, so we did this when we first started, right? Our, our first podcast ever we did um, was the beginning of the year. And we did some, what was it, like preseason awards. So we gave out MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I think I don't MVP, remember we, both, we, we both said Anthony Davis. I'm going to have to change this at this point because the Pelicans kind of suck. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say James Harden. What do you think? Are you, are you Team Giannis or Team Harden? Um, I have to look at the records. I mean... 
Giannis right now, according to basketball reference, is the leader in terms of probability, like in terms of his stats and stuff that he's that he's put up. Um, I mean, James right now, Harden is like, I mean, Houston had a terrible beginning of the season, and James Harden has just been on a tear where he's scoring over 30 points in like his last... Over 40 points well, in his like, last couple. Over 40 in his last couple, but over 30 points in his last like... 13 games. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Harden. Um, Giannis, I mean, the team is is the second seed in the East right now. Milwaukee. You say that like such a white Anglo-Saxon. What? Giannis. Giannis, that's Giannis. how you pronounce it. It's Giannis? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, Houston's only the five seed in the West, even though they have the, a better record than Milwaukee. Um but, yeah, I think it's going to be Harden. I mean, he ju- he's just scoring at a ridiculous rate right now. He's averaging, like, 33 points a game. Um, and, and I just, yeah, I, I think it's going to be Harden. What other uh, awards do we have? We have defensive player. That's going to be think? a little bit more difficult. Maybe a, that goes to Giannis. That's what I'm going to say. Giannis is killing it in, like, defensive rating. Um, he's having a couple blocks a game. He's scoring, or he, he's grabbing a fuck ton of rebounds. I, I think Giannis. Giannis is my defensive player of the year um, right now. If not, give it to... Fuck. I mean, the Grizzlies were killing it for a while. They were having the best defensive team in the league, but they've been losing a lot lately. So you could say give it to somebody on the Grizzlies like Marcus Saul or somebody there, but I'm, I'm sticking with Giannis. Yeah, it's a it's a weird award because like obviously the best defensive player in the league is Anthony Davis. Like I I don't know if anyone would debate that. Just in terms of like what who you know who would you want out there guarding someone one on one? I think Anthony Davis is probably the best defensive player, but it'll probably go to. Um, Giannis or somebody like that. I mean, Joakim Noah won it once. I didn't even think Joakim was the best defender on the team at that point. I thought it was Taj. Um, but it was just because Joakim was doing so many other things with his uh, assists and scoring and just basically being the best player on that team after Rose went down. Um, yeah, I, I, I think probably Giannis. Okay. Um, rookie of the year? Luka. I said Aiden, you said Luca. Luca. Uh, I'm I'm coming to your side right now. Luca Doncic is he's an all star. He he's probably actually going to be a starter on the all star team. Kind of probably because of his international fan base and because fans have a huge impact in starting uh, starting all stars. But I think Luca Doncic has really proved anybody who ever doubted him wrong. A lot of people said he's too slow to play in the NBA. Um, you know, he's been a pro, yes, but he's been playing against crap talent and international. No, he's been a pro, and he's coming in, and it, he looks like a fucking veteran out there. His shooting percentage isn't awesome, but, yeah. Aiton's been killing it, too. I mean, he's had over 16 points a game, over 60%, and over 10 rebounds a game. So you, you can't diminish what he's been doing, but Doncic has been doing this on a fringe playoff team, too, so... Yeah, yeah. I think Doncic is gonna win it. I mean, he's he's had enough uh, like big shots, late in games and stuff like that. 
He's icing games. Yeah. Yeah. And that step back is beautiful. I'm trying to figure out who has the most, like, uh, six-man points. Six-man of the year. Wow. That Um, one's a little bit difficult. Shit. You can go Derek Rose, Spencer Dinwiddie. Right, it might be Rose just because of the, uh, the 50-point game and the yeah. hype around him. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Derek Rose. Um, give some hometown love there. Um, I, I had a lot of hope for him coming to coming back to the Bulls as like a point guard off the bench, but at this point, his, he's raising his fucking price. Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie's been a guy too. I mean, he's had some awesome games where he's scoring in the high 30s. I think he had a 40-some point game a couple weeks ago. Um, Is Kuzma coming off the bench? No. Yeah. So I'm going to give it to one of those two guys, um, as well as most improved, too. That's tough. I feel like one of them can get six-man, and the other one can get most improved. Um, Derrick Rose is coming off the season. He he hasn't scored more than 10 points a game in a couple seasons. Um, I don't think he'll win most improved. But I think Spencer Dinwiddie can win most improved. Yeah. I mean, he was scoring, I think, like 12 to 13 points a game last year and was considered for most improved player of the year. I think this year, now that he's scoring like 18 points a game um, and around five assists a game as well off the bench, I I think Spencer Dinwiddie, I'll go Rose six man and Dinwiddie most improved. Right on. Cool. All right. Coach of the year. I said Nick Nurse Jim at the Boylan. beginning. <laughs> I said Nick Nurse at the beginning, coach of the Toronto Raptors. I'm going to say still Nick Nurse now. Yeah, I mean, let's take a look at the records here. Um, you can give it to Mike Malone, coach of the Denver Nuggets. That's who it'll probably go to just because that's sort of the surprise team this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... I mean, he's doing it with, like, I think he has, like, multiple second-round picks. Like, he has more second-round picks that he's playing with on his roster than any other team in the league. Yeah, it usually goes to, you know, the top seed in one of the conferences, or at least the top couple seeds. Um, but yeah, If Denver I, I, keeps I this up, yeah, Mike Malone. Um, right now, but, Toronto has the best record in the league, believe it or not. They're 32 and uh, 12, while the top seed in the West is Denver, which is 28 and 13. So, but I I, I think Denver's probably, or the uh, coach of the Nuggets is probably going to win it just because they, I don't remember where where they finished last year. I don't think, were, were they a playoff team last year? No, I, I don't think they made it. Or Wait, no, weren't they, it was them and... Uh, and the Timberwolves, uh, Timberwolves yep. that were vying for the eighth seed, yep. and they didn't make it. So yeah, I think it'll be Denver's coach. Yeah, but, I, uh, I agree with that. All right, you got anything else? It's gonna be a short I do podcast. Not. That's no, all right. That's well, it. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in and uh, follow us on Twitter at what is it? Bully Pulpit Pod. At yeah, at Bully Pulpit Pod. Um, Facebook Bully Pulpit. That's where you can find us. Hit us up. We're going to watch some Sea uh, Red Fred action on uh, Bulls Outsiders right now. All right. Goodbye.